Glad to have you. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show on the air. Talking a lot of Packers. Packers back on the practice field today. And uh, when you when you look at uh, the Green Bay Packers trying to get some of these guys back, um, you know that you know certain guys, David Bakhtiari, as you just heard, they want to get him back on the practice field. They want to get uh, Jair Alexander back on the practice field. They want to get all these guys back and get them reps. I don't know if it's going to be possible or not. We'll find out a little bit later on today who is and isn't there. Joining us now from the Wisconsin State Journal on the line, our good buddy Tom Oates is here. Tom, how you doing? Happy New Year. Same to you, Bill. So let's start off first and foremost. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to cover with you with Wisconsin. Um, give me your thoughts on the win in Vegas first and foremost. Well, I, I think it's real typical of the program. They they they, uh, they care about bowl games. They care every time they line up. They don't get a lot of defections. It appears they may have had a defection or two unannounced uh, for players getting ready for the pros, but they don't get that a lot. They 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 uh, they take bowls seriously, just as they take uh, every game they play seriously. Uh, you know, I I think it's a good team. I thought the game was very typical of the entire season. Um, struggled on offense at times, uh, you know, and uh, played good defense for the most part. And, and uh, you know, they beat a quality opponent. So, I don't, um, you know, I, it's just they were what they were on offense. It, it, you know, it never really changed. Uh, it more changed depending on the, on the competition. Against the good teams, they struggled on offense. Against the, the lesser teams, they, they put up some decent numbers. But, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, they need to round out their offense. Their passing game is, uh, is subpar for, the, for modern football. The, uh, the offensive line loses Joe Rudolph as the uh, line coach. So give me your thoughts on the offense. Although you do get a, a veteran, a senior coming back, but uh, when you talk about the, the offensive line change, and then when you get into the offense, uh, different signal callers should there be going into next season? Well, if you can tell me who the sig- different signal caller is going to be, I'll, I'll, I'll go along with that. But uh, right now the guy with the most experience, the, the guy they've put the most time in on is Graham Mertz, and if they can get him to, to jump a level or two, he'll be a pretty good college quarterback. Um, the problem is you saw some of the same things out in Las Vegas, but in the bowl game that you saw early in the year, and I don't I don't necessarily see a lot of progress there. There's some, but uh, pocket presence and accuracy and things like that and consistency still are a little bit elusive. But again, it's like uh, it's like anything. Like when you fire a coach or a manager, you better have somebody better to replace them. And I don't really. I don't really necessarily see anybody at this point who's even close to Graham Mertz in terms of replacing him. Could they add someone in the transfer portal? I guess that's a possibility, but but well, it's going to be hard to get a quarterback to come here when you have a two-year starter, you know, entrenched in a job. So I, you know, I don't know about that. I might, I think the offensive line's fine. I think they they had a couple of years where the talent wasn't maybe quite up quite up to par with what we'd seen throughout that last decade uh, when there were a lot of uh, NFL-bound players on that line. Um, uh, I think there's still some NFL-bound players, but but uh, 
you know, there's a wave of young, highly recruited players coming up through the program, and I think they'll they'll start to surface next year. Um, and, and you know, Logan Brown and Rucci and guys like that. That I think they'll start to surface next year. At least I hope so because uh, they're going to need it. They don't have too much. They're going to lose a lot on the offensive line. Would you make a phone call at the end of the season to Daryl Bevel if you're uh, Paul Christ? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, you know, Daryl certainly follows the Badgers, and he knows what's going on here. Um, I'm, I'm kind of the thought that, Paul, while I love the fact that this is a homegrown program, a lot of the coaches are from here, uh, either from Wisconsin or played at Wisconsin, uh, or coached at Wisconsin, um, I, I just I, I think there's a lot of benefits to that for a program like Wisconsin that, that uh, where it really helps if you if you know the lay of the land uh, on how the school and athletic program operate. Having said that, I think what Paul needs more than anything, what Paul Chris needs is an influx of new thinking on offense uh, and. That, to me, indicates he should bring someone maybe who he's not so familiar with, maybe who's a little more tuned into how the uh, NFL teams or college teams are running offense these days. Um, is that double? I, I, I certainly would. You know, he's been in the NFL he's, he's, uh, for a long time. He's, he's, he, he understands NFL offenses. Now, if you watch his NFL offenses over the years, they're not – they're 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 more run oriented, and I, I really think they need someone that can bring some some new blood, new thought, new new schemes, new everything to the passing game. Because what they're doing on on the uh, in the passing game may have worked ten years ago, but it's not working now. And uh, they're they're okay with play action. I thought they were pretty good with play action this year, but but. You know, when they had to pass the ball, it just wasn't very good. And they really need to, to up not, you know, you're never going to ditch the, uh, the power running game at Wisconsin. It's, it's the bread and butter. It's got to be the bread and butter based on the kind of players you can get. But they really need a, a, a more uh, current passing game, I, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Uh, real quick, I want to just ask you, a little bit surprised at how well the basketball team is doing after knocking off number three, Purdue. you got a big one coming up tonight against Iowa. But where they stand right now in the Big Ten, where they stand right now early on in this season? I was a little surprised uh, when they won the tournament out in, out in Vegas. Uh, and I was a little surprised when they won at Purdue because I've been down to Mackey Arena with the Badgers a lot over the years. And uh, that's really the toughest place to win a game in the Big Ten. Uh, the, the arena, the, the crowd, uh, the, the structure of the arena, um, the team that plays there, it's just a really hard hard uh, place to win. And, and, you know, and then you throw some, some other roadblocks up, like losing all your big men to foul trouble. And for them to come through, uh, I, I just think it was, uh, that, that was an absolutely shocking win to me. Um, but it shows it shows everything that this team has brought to the to the table this year. They played great defense in the first half. They were smart. They were scrambling all over. Uh, they really stymied Purdue in the first half uh, offensively and with their defense. And uh, they they play together. And you know I don't 
you know, Johnny Davis scored 37 points. But as you watch Johnny Davis play this year, only on a rare, rare occasion do you look and say he did something selfish. He doesn't play that way. He's not a selfish player. He's a winning player. And if the winning uh, involves him scoring 37 points, he'll do it. If, it, it, if He also had 14 rebounds. He blocked shots. He, you know, um, I just I, I think uh, there's an unselfishness about this team. There's a much better team vibe than there had been the last couple of years. And I think they're really playing hard on defense. They're 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 one of the Wisconsin's better defensive teams in the last five to seven years. Talking with Tom Oates uh, of the Wisconsin State Journal, now uh, kind of setting our sights northward. Uh, Tom, you've been around a long time. We've seen guys sit. We've seen guys play. We've seen teams have the bye week and not have the bye week. Go through the wild card, win a Super Bowl, get a great uh, draw, and lose it. Give me your thoughts on this team heading into the postseason. Well, I like the team. I, I don't think there's, you know, it, although the, although uh, the Packers are the number one seed, I don't think they're head and shoulders above teams like the Rams and the and the, and the, and the Bucks and and you know maybe even uh, the Cowboys. I don't think they're head and shoulders above those kinds of teams. I think home field advantage will be big. Um, I'm in favor of playing the starters at least some against Detroit because I I can't get the 2011 season out of my mind. When they basically went three weeks without playing, the starters went three weeks without playing a game, and they came out against the Giants, and they were flat as a pancake. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I think they're a really good team. I, what they've done with that offensive line this year is just phenomenal to me. And the defense has improved. Is it great? No. Is it dominant? No. But it's improved, and it and it gives the Packers a chance almost every week. Which I, which sometimes that wasn't the case in the past. Um, I, I do think they're gonna. Uh, it would really help to get the center and the left tackle back for the playoffs. But I also think if they don't play in this last game, the Packers would probably be better served to stick with the line line they've been putting out there the last five or six games, because uh, I'd hate to see Bakhtiari start a playoff game without having taken a snap all season and. And, and Myers hasn't played in a long time at center. Um, I, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion Billy Turner will be back. But, but uh, you know, I, I, it's a good team. And, and, it's, and it's certainly capable of winning a Super Bowl. Um, but I think the one thing is, as you look around the NFL, there's a lot of pretty good teams. And a lot of teams that are, are going into this thinking, in both, in both conferences, thinking they have a chance to do that. You and I both know Hub Arkish. He made it very clear he was not voting for Aaron Rodgers because he thinks he's a jerk and for things that he's done, he's done off the field that are detrimental to the team, as he puts it. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers deserves to be the MVP. I'll, I'll disagree with Hub in that particular sense. But what he said as somebody who writes for a living, as a journalist for a living, cover the team for a living, and you try to remain somewhat unbiased, do you, do, did you take what he said and went, ugh, do you kind of cringe when you hear it? Because it's not supposed to be a popularity contest. It's supposed to be a statistical performance contest. Well, I don't know how closely aligned Hub is with the Bears, if he's actually on their payroll or not, but I, I, I'm – pretty sure you know he's on their broadcasts and you know he's got a he's a bears guy and i you know i i just you know i don't and and you know would he be saying that same thing if this was a bears court if aaron Rodgers was a bears quarterback i don't think so 
I think he's he's taking a stand here, um, and I and I I don't think it belongs in the MVP discussion. I really don't. Um, I voted on a lot of things over. I never voted on MVP in the NFL, but I voted on a lot of things over the course of my of my career. And um, there are certain things where you might take character into consideration. I think the Hall of Fame is one of them. But I certainly uh, I certainly don't think. Um, that that is a criteria for for MVP of the NFL in 2021. I think that that's a, a record or a, a vote that needs to belong that belongs on the field. And uh, uh, you know, I, I suspect he won't be quite as welcome on those Packer pregame broadcasts as he has been for the last 15 years, and probably got, and I'm sure got paid for it. So I suspect he kind of cut his own throat a little bit here. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff as always, Tom. I appreciate it, and uh, we're going to talk again soon, okay? All right. See you, Bill. Appreciate it, buddy. There you go. Tom Oates of the Wisconsin State Journal joining us for a couple of minutes. Uh, Appreciate Tom's time as always. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and uh, good stuff. So uh, a lot to get to as that that continues to spin, that whole MVP discussion, although I want to talk more about some of the thoughts um, regarding uh, the, the Packers. We will hear from Matt LaFleur coming up here in just a little bit, so stay tuned for that. Probably within the next hour, I would assume, he's probably going to head to the uh, podium. We'll also get a sense as to who is and isn't practicing and such today. We'll be uh, discussing that coming up here momentarily. So we got a lot to get to. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. At Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, the top ten from Gina Della from Pella. Says Pella, uh, number 10, 10 reasons why you want to get these things here and now and get them into your home. One is uh, when you talk about the number 10, Pella, Wisconsin installs year-round. Year-round they continue to do it. So get a hold of them because uh, there's no reason to say, well, you know what, it's wintertime. I, I'm not going to get these windows installed for a long, long time. No, they'll come out, they'll uh, custom measure, they'll custom manufacture, custom assemble, custom install, all of that. They do it year-round. Number nine, every Pella of Wisconsin installer is Pella certified to ensure your complete satisfaction. And I can attest to that because I've had these things put in my home. Number eight, Pella of Wisconsin teams complete installation in as little as a day. So you don't have your whole house wide open all the rooms, all the doors, all the windows, heat going, blasting it. No, they do it one room at a time. They go around your home and they get it done, and it's fantastic. Uh, well, we can always zip through number seven and five and all that. 2020 National Survey rated Pella Windows and Doors highest value, highest quality, and most preferred by homeowners. That's seven, six, and five. How about that? Number four and three, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin has six lines to fit your style and has six lines to fit your financing. How about that? Number two, right now, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin features uh, their offer. Gives you five years, no interest, five months, no payments. So there, there's another reason. And the number one reason of Pella Wisconsin to, to get a hold of them right now because the offer ends at the end of the month. So you want to get a hold of them. Set up your free consultation today. Go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. Or call them directly, 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. And uh, you can get a hold of them and just tell them we sent you and get them out to your house. Get those things. It's a free consultation. You might as well take advantage of it, right? 855-PELLA-WI. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael's show continues on. One thing that we did not mention yesterday, and you got to mention it and say congratulations, but the Packers, all-time leading receiver uh, when it comes to yardage, Donald Driver, selected into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And congratulations to him. One of the uh, seven inductees in the class of 2022, uh, Ben Coates, John Big Train Moody, Nate Newton, Sammy White, Roscoe Nance, and Coach William Billy Nix all going in to the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Donald Driver. You know, just another honor for him, another feather in his cap. Very much well-deserved, so kudos to uh, Donald. And he continues to be, um, you know, he he continues to be um, just a a leader community-wise and a face, and a tremendous face for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, we were talking yesterday real quick. I, I wanted to mention this. We were talking yesterday about some of the better job openings that are uh, in the NFL, one of them being the Jacksonville Jaguars, how good it's going to be. Um, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, who, um, you know, has really, other than playing in the NFC or the AFC and, and witnessing, you know, Trevor Lawrence, like we all have, says that I think he's gotten more comfortable as the season's gone on and gotten comfortable with the offense. I'd say the offense has gotten comfortable with the things that he does. Definitely a good level of execution. Uh, they did a good job last week against the Jets, mixing in different varieties of passes, quick throws, moving pocket uh, throws as well, deep balls, third down conversions, red area, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he continues to get better. He said, I think he's had a good year. And I think he's going to be a solid NFL player, maybe even great. I don't know, but he certainly made a lot of progress. Um, so anyway, long story short, Bill Belichick went on to basically praise and say, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is the real deal in many different facets. So when we were discussing yesterday some of the better job openings and the quarterback play, I think as of right now, I think Justin Fields is a little bit better quarterback, but I think the ceiling is higher for Trevor Lawrence. So that being said, if you have Trevor Lawrence and you, you now Urban Meyer, it, Trevor Lawrence's acceleration had to have been stymied by Urban Meyer's presence. Had to. Had to. Um, when a head coach is that disengaged and that self-absorbed as opposed to working with players, getting them better, getting them ready, it has to be inhibiting somewhat. So Trevor Lawrence, I can only – I mean, under Daryl Bevel, I'm sure he's getting a lot of good tutelage. But I can't wait to see what Trevor Lawrence does, say, two more years down the road as whatever coach they bring in brings in a – and you hope that whatever they bring in is is much better than what they've had in recent history. Um, because I think it would be good for the NFL if Jacksonville was a team of relevance. But uh, you you, you kind of look over that fence and you say, okay, what can Trevor Lawrence be with the right people around him giving him true NFL experience tutelage? Uh, and I think a year in the NFL under Urban Meyer really – it didn't just hurt him. I think it hurt that team. But a lot of praise being heaped on Trevor Lawrence by Bill Belichick. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Do it. Would love to hear from you. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, and in addition to that, you've got uh, Max who writes, 
uh, getting back into the Coach of the Year discussion. He says, uh, how much credence would you give Bill Belichick? I heard you on this morning out in lacrosse. I think I understood what, what point you were trying to make. My point was, Matt. La- this goes towards Matt LaFleur now. Matt LaFleur is going to be discredited because of Aaron Rodgers. He's got Aaron Rodgers. Therefore, he's got one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league. Therefore, you should have automatic wins built in. Correct? Right. Look at Bill Belichick this year, who is getting – He's getting some getting some rub, right? Sitting right now at ten and six, and for what they've done and where they were at, right? He's getting a lot of recognition, and rightfully so. The Patriots started off the season; they were one and three. They were two and five at one point, and they then they went on that seven game roll. They lost a couple of games. Granted, they lost to the Colts and lost to the Bills, two very tough teams and teams that are heading to the postseason. Then they beat the, they beat the hell out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they have the Dolphins coming up. Okay, well, Belichick, while he's won Coach of the Year a, a few times, and rightfully so, one of the reasons he didn't win it consistently was because he was being looked at as, well, you got, you got Tom Brady. You got Brady, okay, right? Okay, so if that's the case, then what do you say this year? He's very deserving. He's he, he brought in a rookie quarterback. He's very deserving. Matt Lafleur, the same thing. Matt Lafleur, he's not getting credit because he's got Aaron Rodgers, but he's also got a team and a defense. That's been nicked up. He's got a whole new offensive line they've had to scheme and game plan for. He's lost pieces throughout the season, whether it was Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marcos Valdez-Scantling, Robert Tunyon. You can go through that whole list plus the line that I already had mentioned. And he's still been able to scheme. To me, that is the – when you look at Belichick, that's the reason Belichick probably should have won it more because he was that good. He is that understanding. It wasn't just Tom Brady. He took one year, dealt with Cam Newton, and he knew. Last year, his entire defense pretty much opted out of the season because of COVID. Uh, He knew that it was going to be an off year. Okay, you know. Then he bounces back this year, starts out slow, and he said, hey, and I remember the press conference right after the Buccaneers lost. Okay, and they took the Buccaneers, remember, 1917. They fell to the Buccaneers at home. And you were like, whoa, wait a minute. Was Tom Brady nervous? Tom Brady returning home didn't play great. It's like, no, Bill Belichick schemed for that. Mac Jones went toe-to-toe with him. Their offense didn't do what they wanted them to do, but, you know, they, they played pretty well. They lost to the Cowboys at home, but 35-29, a game in which many thought they shouldn't even be in, right? Because the only other win that was any significant – they beat the Jets 25-6, to they had beat the Texans 25-22, and every other team they lost to. They lost to the Cowboys, so, ah, they stink. And then they came back and they got on that roll. And they beat the Chargers, beat the Browns, they beat the Falcons, they beat the Titans, they beat the Bills. They All these teams that are that are heading to the postseason. Right? So you give him a little more credence because he just stayed the course and said, this is what we're going to do and we're going to continue to get better, and damned if they didn't. My point is, you can look at the quarterback and go, it's just a quarterback, but there's so much more to a team than just the quarterback. The quarterback drives the train but it's the conductor that keeps the train on the tracks, which is why I think it, you can't 
necessarily you can't look at Matt LaFleur and go, yeah, but you got Aaron Rodgers. Because there's so much more to it than that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Again, 877-867-1670. I'd uh, give us a shout and just see if you agree, disagree. Um, Randy says uh, Belichick is uh, plus 2,000 in Vegas. And I get it. To win coach of the year, he's not winning it. Taylor or Matt LaFleur will win it. And I don't necessarily – that, that's not part of the discussion, though. I understand that. I know where the odds are. We talked about it in the first hour of the show. I get that. That's not the point. The point is Bill Belichick should get more credit than what he's being given. Matt LaFleur should be getting more credit than what he's being given. Vrabel should be given credit. Not just Zach Taylor. Good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. Glad you're here. Matt LaFleur should be coming to the podium any second now. We're going to hear from the head coach coming up here momentarily. Uh, in the meantime, I want to remind you, our friends, and you're sitting there right now, if you're at home and you've been working at home and you've been putting on a few pounds and you're getting into the new year and you're thinking, man, I need to jumpstart myself. I, I By the time summer season gets here, I don't want to have this gut anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to feel slow and lethargic. Call my friends over at New Mill Medical. Um, with the snow blowing, you're looking outside, man, I don't want to go outside. I get it. I understand it. But maybe if you're going to go outside once a day, get into a routine, get to the gym, you know, do something, hit a treadmill. But if you're going to jumpstart the all-in-one weight loss program and get the energy to do all of that, then get a hold of our friends over at New Mill Medical. They can help. 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. And give them a call. Or if you're dealing with ED, as you know what, I can't I, I cannot believe how many erectile dysfunction and male stuff things that are inundating the airwaves and television and such. It's amazing. Since I started doing these ads for uh new mail a while ago. Uh yeah, there's so much that's come on. But they're the originals. They're the ones that everybody else is trying to emulate, duplicate, replicate, impersonate. So don't go to the others. Go to the people that did it originally. And the, the, do it the best. 98% success rate. Call our friends over at New Mel Medical. 414-455-4451. 414-455-4451. Get a hold of our friends at New Mel Medical. Some breaking news in the NFL. Derek Henry's back. I just got done talking about the Tennessee Titans. And then, sure enough, Derek Henry uh, was announced that he's coming back off of the IR. They have designated running back Derrick Henry to return from the IR. He is now coming back. That's from uh, Dove Kleiman, who uh, covers uh, the NFL and covers the Tennessee Titans. So Derrick Henry is back in time for the postseason. How about that? It's nine weeks from surgery for an injury that had an estimated recovery time of six to ten weeks. So if Tennessee has the bye, that'll be 11 weeks, which is more than enough time for the NFL's best running back to return to full strength. That's uh, according to Ian Rappaport. So big news there. How about that, huh? Big news there. 
Uh, 877-867-1670. Again, we are waiting on Matt LaFleur. As soon as he comes to the podium, uh, we'll go live to uh, Lambeau Field, and we'll get the head coach. Uh, This is some CJ. Hits me up on Twitter. You can do the same, by the way, at Bill underscore Michaels. Follow me over there also. He said, what do you think of the Packers' record would be if Love was the quarterback this year? I don't think they would have a winning record. So I don't think we really uh, know just how good of a coach LaFleur is yet. And we won't know until Rodgers is gone. Okay. I understand that. Rodgers is probably good for 7 to 10 wins. I, I don't discount that. But they have the best record in the, in the National Football League. The fourth toughest schedule in the National Football League. They're the fourth most injured team in the National Football League. Are you telling me it's all because of Aaron Rodgers? You know, Kansas City's a tremendous team. They've got 11 wins, 11 and 5 in the season. Packers went toe-to-toe with them with Jordan Love and a defense playing lights out. Jordan Love just didn't execute. Do you not think, though, that game, as close as it was, even with Jordan Love, that Matt LaFleur doesn't deserve credit? See, I do. Speaking of Matt LaFleur, he's coming to the podium. Let's take a listen. Hey, Coach. We'll, we'll go ahead and get started. MK Burgess. Uh, Matt, when you were talking about whether or not you're going to play your starters, how do you make sure that you don't go too overboard with playing a starters in a game that might necessarily mean anything, but still getting guys reps that they don't get so much rust before the playoffs? Well, I have a hard time going in to any game saying it doesn't mean anything. I think every time you go out there, you're, you're trying to perform your best. So all our guys that are playing, which is the majority of our team, um, they got to go in with the mindset that they're going to play the entire game as far as where that goes and when, if and when we decide to pull some guys. Um, it's it's going to be a totally um, kind of more of a feel type thing than uh, having a concrete plan going into this thing. The, the message to, to our team and – this is the way we truly feel is we're going to Detroit to win a football game. And we know that Detroit's been really tough in their last two home games. They beat Minnesota right at the end of the game. And then, I mean, they, they put a pounding on Arizona. And it's not a secret as to why. Because when you cut on the film and you watch these guys play, uh, they play very physical and they play very hard. And we know that they're going to do that for four quarters. Steve McGargy. You had said Monday that your concern was the layoff, how long it would be if you rested these guys, how long it would be until the playoffs. I'm just wondering, you also said 100 different people might say something differently. What made you decide to go that the layoff was more was more critical than the risk of injury? What got you into that mindset? Is there anything from your experience as a coach or an assistant that kind of made you feel that way? Well, the only thing from my experience was we experienced that um, in L.A. in 2017 where we had already clinched the playoffs and we couldn't really improve our position. We we let our guys rest. Um, now, we didn't have the bye. So, um, but as far as there, there, we did some studies in terms of how other teams have fared when – going into the final week of the season that had a bye, um, and it was 
overwhelmingly in favor of giving the guys at least some time. And so uh, certainly you, you weigh in that information, but you also talk to your players. And these guys want to play, and, and so that's how we're going we're gonna to go about it. Mark Daniels. Hello, Matt. Good to see you. Good to see you, Mark. Uh, just a couple of questions about the Lions, if I could. Um, do you see a little bit of EQ at Amon Ross St. Brown and what he's been able to do as a rookie this year? And what are your thoughts when you see a seven-man O-line front that Detroit's tried out a few occasions in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, no. Uh, first of all, um, you know, St. Brown's done a heck of a job there. And you can really see just the fire that he plays with. He is a gritty dude and he'll mix it up in both the run game and in the pass game he's making plays for him he's he's doing a great job of sifting off the edge they shoot they even put him last week they had a third and ten versus seattle uh they put him in the backfield and handed him a draw and he took it to the house so this guy is a really competitive football player it's not a shocker to me you could see that energy you could see that fire when he was playing at usc um as as far as this their defense uh, will put more pressure on you than, than any team we've seen. So it's going to be tough to get all the looks in for, for our offense, And but we've got to be on top of just our rules. We've got to communicate the right way, but they definitely present a lot of challenges in terms of just some of the different structures and personnel groupings they'll throw at you. Brian Wood. Matt, it's good to be seeing you. I'm curious when you did those studies, um, did it show, did it indicate in any way just how much time the starters needed to, to be ready for that buy? Did it show it needed a, to play a full game, that there was a, a, a cutoff point where, where they'd gotten enough work? Yeah, so um, Mike Holbach and, and his guys did a great job of kind of breaking it down um, in terms of, you know, some teams played guys 30 to 50 percent. Some teams did it 50 to like 70 percent. And some guys let them go the whole game. And so we've got all the the statistics from that. And I get it. Every situation, um, there's different variables for every situation. But that's why I think you got to kind of go with your gut in terms of how's the game going. But we are going there with one mind, uh, with one mindset, and that's to go compete to the best of our ability and win a football game. Greg Matzik. Hi, Matt. In your opinion, should MVP voting be considered based upon solely what happens on the field versus things that happen off the field? Yeah, absolutely. Um, without a doubt. I think that's, uh, I mean, I don't know what else could factor into it than how somebody goes out and performs on a weekly basis. And if people are going to judge people for, you know, differences of opinion or things that they have no idea what the heck they're talking about, then uh, I think that just kind of discredits that, that award. And I think we hold that award in, in high regard. I think most do. And I think it's an absolute privilege to be able to vote for that award and to consider anything else outside of what you see when that player's out there playing, I think is a disservice to everybody. Mike Spofford. Hey, Matt, with, uh, as the play caller, do you go into this game conscious of the yards that Devontae needs for, you know, that single season team record, or 
is that something you have to kind of set aside just so that it's not a distraction as you go about, uh, you know, the job of trying to win the game? Well, I think you're always kind of conscious of, you know, certain things like that. Um, however, you try not to let it impact any of your decisions because you owe it to the team first and foremost to do what's right by our team. But I think it's pretty clear and pretty evident that getting the ball to number 17 is one of the best things for our team. So we're going to operate just like we have every other game. And, and uh, you know, he's a focal point in a lot of what we do. And if it's there, then we'll throw it to him. If it's not, then, you know, Aaron does a great job of progressing to whoever's open or wherever the read dictates. But, yeah, I think certainly you're always kind of aware of, of those types of milestones. There you go. Let's do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear from more of Matt LaFleur and wrap up the press conference coming up after the top of the hour as well. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. They are veteran-owned. They're right here in the state of Wisconsin. Terrific stuff. Sauces, rubs, hot sauces. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. It is always barbecue season. More of the Bill Michaels Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready to face the Lions Sunday in Detroit. Since the game is in a dome at Ford Field, Matt LaFleur has moved all of the Packers' practices inside the Don Hudson Center this week. LaFleur has asked, what has he changed to get receiver Devontae Adams open after that triple coverage he faced in Baltimore? Trying to move him around as much as possible, putting him in different spots, whether it's at the number one spot, whether it's in the slot, whether it's at number three. Typically, we can overcome that and get it to somebody else. LaFleur says he wants to see Devontae and Aaron Rodgers get some snaps against the Lions. Adams asked what he thinks. I think that there's there's a lot of good in it. Having two weeks off is not, it's, it's to each his own, but I wouldn't want to do that. So I would want to play next week at least some. The Packers added one more player to the COVID list yesterday, right tackle Billy Turner, who's out nursing a knee injury. The Lions had to place both of their starting offensive tackles on COVID reserve. Detroit is coming off a lopsided loss in Seattle Sunday, 51-29. to But head coach Dan Campbell says former Packer quarterback Tim Boyle did a good job filling in for the injured Jared Goff despite throwing three interceptions. Thought he made some really good throws. I mean, it's kind of like what you guys saw. It was just, there was up and down. You know, it was inconsistent. Man, he'd make a really good throw, and then maybe on another one, we wouldn't quite get his feet set. And it's easy to look at it, and man, three interceptions that I know. But man, there's there's something about this guy. I think he's going to get better. That's Lions head coach Dan Campbell in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Good stuff from our guy, Mike Clemens, as always. And Mike, by the way, brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, fantastic place for the family. Uh, the Bay Family Restaurant featuring homestyle cooking seven days a week. And uh, right there on South Military Avenue, just a mile from Lambeau Field. Uh, you can just give them a call, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online at baymotelgreenbay.com. That is Bay Motel Green Bay dot com. Uh, I'm going to get back to uh, the Matt LaFleur discussion or press conference, I should say, 
coming up here momentarily, uh, right after the top of the hour. Just we don't have enough time to continue on. So we're just kind of backing it up, and uh, you'll hear the rest of it coming up here in just a short bit. Uh, this one's from Robert. Robert says, uh, hey, Bill, great show. Uh, I know you're friends with Hubarkish, but does that judge your uh, – does that judge your does that cloud your judgment of him um no it, it doesn't i mean i uh, hub is a very knowledgeable guy there's no doubt i mean hub has been the sideline reporter for the bears for a long time okay he was a part of that bears broadcast for a long time um so no that that doesn't cloud my but he is also very well respected if you talk to many people in the business He's been part of the Westwood One Monday night broadcast for a long, long, long time. He uh, has worked with everybody in the business from NFL films to people within the NFL to organizations to the Bears organization. He's well-respected. This particular case, and sometimes, you know what, Hub, I appreciate because he'll say things that you don't necessarily want to hear. However, in this case, I don't agree. And that's fine. I, I... He's got a very strong opinion of Aaron Rodgers. Always has. Always has. So is Aaron Rodgers going to get a unanimous MVP vote? No. And we knew that when he said it, when he turned around and blamed it, we knew that. But I understand what Hub's argument is. I don't agree with it, but it's kind of like when I used to sit down with Ken Maka. Okay? Ken Maka was the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. and Ken Maka would do things, and I would – I would scratch my head. So I'd, I'd either wait to the post-game press conference or the next day I'd get to the ballpark really early. And Ken was always there. And Ken had this policy of, you know, hey, if you wanted to come in and talk to me, talk to me. So I sat down a couple of times with Ken Mock, and I'm like, what the hell, you know? I don't understand. Help me understand. And so Ken would explain to me his thought process. He wasn't a dumb guy. It wasn't like he just was completely clueless about managing a baseball team. He had a methodology. And when he explained it to you, you went, okay, I see where you're coming from. I still disagreed with what getting from point A to point B, the methodology of how to get there. But you philosophically understood what he was thinking. Okay? When Hub Arkish explains his thought about how Aaron with – the 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 COVID and all of that and understanding that hey had this come down to one game and losing to the the Kansas City Chiefs and such this could have been detrimental because of blah 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 understood I understand it I don't agree with it that's all sports is always and should always be fans friends. Adults in a bar having a beer, talking sports, and you argue. How many times have you argued with your buddy? And your buddy, he's right. No, you're right. No, I'm right. No, you're right. See, I told you so. Screw you. Then you start to hear the jokes about your mother, and then after the end of the night, you're both buying each other a beer. That's the way this is. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. Now, whether or not the committee decides to say, "Hey, you know, Hub, you kind of let this cat out of the bag." We're going to go ahead and take away your vote. Now, I don't think that's going to happen either. I just don't. He's just too well-respected in the league. But he has a strong opinion about this, always has. Is it because he, he's a Bears guy? I don't know. I Look, I'm supposed to remain unbiased to a certain extent, but I'm also a talk show host with an opinion. So I have to have an opinion in order to drive the show. So do my biases leak into this every now and then when it comes to, say, the Packers versus another team or a coach versus another player? You know, yeah, it does. 
But you try to look at it as objectively and honestly as possible and then have your take and then back it up with either stats, statistics, or, or opinion. That's well thought out. That's what it is. So there you go. Hey, coming up, uh, don't forget, we're going to uh, hear the rest of what Matt LaFleur has to say, and uh, then we'll continue.